Chapter 6 A Meeting at Midnight A royal banquet was on the agenda once the Kuravai Kutu and Devaralan's frantic dance came to an end. The Sambhuvarayar clan well nigh outdid itself. Vandiyathevan, sitting down to the feast, found that the food turned to ashes in his mouth. None of the dishes spread out for the guest's edification delighted him. His body was exhausted. He felt a mixture of worry, confusion and a vague disquiet that he was hard put to explain. Still, he could hardly ignore his friend and listened with a very creditable assumption of enthusiasm as Kandamaran, who brimming with justifiable pride at the honoured guests, listed every single one of them. Aside from Paduvetariyar and host Sambuvarayar, there was Madavarayar, known by his proud title of Madapadi Tennavan. Mummudi Pallavarayar was present as well. Kandamaran took care to whisper about other renowned guests in Mandyatevan's ears and pointed them out subtly. Tantongi Kalingarayar, Vanangamudi Munayarayar, Devasenabadi Poovarayar, Anjadasingam or Lion-Hearted Muttarayar, Rettai Kudai Rajaliyar and even the Kollimalai Perunilavelar amongst others. None of these men could be deemed ordinary in any sense of the word. It was no easy task to gather them under one roof either. All were rulers of their own dominions, large or small as the case may be, or had earned the status of kingship through their valorous deeds and service to the country. The words Raja or Arasar had by continuous usage morphed into Arayar. It was the norm in those days to refer to the chiefs of important clans or those equal to such chiefs in stature by that prestigious title, a nod to their ruling capabilities. Sometimes, Arayar was added to their respective seats as well. In truth, these warriors were treated more as kings themselves rather than chieftains or feudal lords. Not for nothing were they awarded such privileges. Princes and kings born in royal families, lounging in luxury and enjoying every comfort were not the only ones to be addressed with respect. Their titles would serve no meaning if they could not defend themselves or their people. The men assembled in Sambuvaraya's palace were all warriors of repute. Each had proven himself time and time again as capable of guarding his fort and country with his life if necessary. All had pledged their unconditional support and submission to Parayare cities, Sundarachodar, ruling their territories under his suzerainty. Some occupied positions of great authority in the empire as well and carried out their respective duties in administrative or other capacities. By right, Vandiyatevan's heart ought to have been leaping with wild joy at the sight of such august personages at the same banquet. But he felt not the slightest enthusiasm. Why are so many of these kings gathered here, he wondered, more than once. Why now? Vague suspicions and conjectures cropped up in his mind, confounding him. The sense of disquiet had not abated, by the time he finished his meal and retired to the isolated space Kandamaran had shown him to for the night. Sambuvarayar's royal palace was swamped with esteemed guests. It meant that Vandiyatevan was allotted a mere mandabam in one of the upper balconies open to the elements. Sleep well. You must be exhausted. I'll join you here once I've seen our other guests to their rooms, Kandamaran assured him before leaving. Drowsiness assailed Vandiyatevan the moment he set his head on the floor. 
Nidra Devi swept him into her arms almost at once. And yet, not even the goddess of sleep can exercise much control over the mind. The body might be at rest, the eyes closed in repose, but thoughts that crawl in the subconscious choose these moments to reveal themselves. Dreams rise, shaking off the suppression of a conscious mind, looping unconnected thoughts, fears and experiences to form surprisingly disturbing pictures. Far away in the distance, a jackal began to bay. One multiplied into ten, hundred and a thousand, raising their voices in a howl that made his skin prickle in terror. And that was not all. They were approaching him, step by excruciating step. In the deep, stifling dark, their little eyes smoldered in their faces like bright red embers of burning coal. There was only one way to escape. Vandyatevan turned in the opposite direction and stopped abruptly. A thousand shrieking hounds accosted him, their sharp teeth practically dripping with the urge to tear him apart. Their eyes gleamed, spitting sparks of fury in the pitch blackness. Vandyatevan shuddered, barely able to string a thought together as he contemplated his terrible fate, caught between slavering hounds on one side and a pack of jackals on the other. But then, oh thank God, there appeared a temple almost in front of him. Vandyatevan shook off his terror, practically flew into it and locked the doors behind him. When he turned to finally take in his surroundings, he found that his refuge was a Kali temple. The fierce goddess seemed to be at her terrifying best, teeth descending in fangs, tongue hanging out in a bloodthirsty fashion. Before Vandyatevan could do little more than gape at the statue, a priest danced out from behind it. He gripped a fearsome scythe in his hands. So, finally arrived, have you? Come here, as he sidled closer, closer, closer to our young man. You are a prince, are you not? Recite your family's history, he demanded. How long did your ancestors rule? The truth, now! The, the, the Vallavarayars of the Vanar clan ruled for 300 years. Vandya Tevan stammered. We... We, we lost our kingdom because of the, of the Vaidumbarayars in my father's time. You are not a sacrifice worthy of the goddess, roared the priest. Leave! Abruptly, Kali's form changed into that of Krishna. A couple of young women danced around the idol, garlands in their hands and Andal's melodious pasarams on their lips. Vandya Tevan almost smiled, mesmerized at this appealing performance. When he heard someone else singing behind him, Kandom, Kandom, Kandom. No, not the man, but just his head stuck on the temple's balipidam. Unable to stomach this truly hideous scene, Vandyatevan turned abruptly and struck his head on a pillar. The misty wreaths of dreamscape dissolved. But he happened to see something else that seemed to bind the terrible strands of a nightmare with reality. The Kadambur fault wall circled the palace at a little distance and a head was stuck on it, directly opposite the balcony Vandyatevan lay in. And yes, it happened to belong to Arvarkadyan. This time though, Vandyatevan was sure that the site was neither a nightmare nor the product of an overactive imagination. 
No matter how many times he blinked or shook himself, the head remained in place. It was equally obvious that this time, said head was attached to a stout body. Nambi's fingers clutched the edges of the wall in a death grip. His eyes were focused downwards, observing something below him. What on earth was he watching? Face furrowed with concentration. Something was terribly wrong here. Alvar Kadian could not have arrived out of the goodness of his heart. He had some nefarious intention tucked away, some evil plan in his mind. Vandyatevan was sure. And wasn't it his duty as Kandamaran's dearest friend to save Kadambur from harm? What kind of a man was he to loll about in bed when the people who had offered him such a magnificent feast were about to be wounded? Vandyatevan sprang up, tucked his sheath sword into his waistband and began walking towards where he had seen Alvar Kadian's head. His makeshift bed had been in a corner of an upper balcony, well away from passages in use. Vandyatevan had to pass through, skirt around and walk by a great many corridors, pillars, the tops of mandabams, benches and stubams to find his way to the fort wall. He had been walking for a while along one such eternally meandering passage when he heard voices. Vandyatevan paused. He tiptoed towards a pillar, concealed himself behind it, leaned forward and gazed down. Below him lay a narrow courtyard enclosed on three sides by towering walls. Ten or twelve men were seated within. The fort wall, rising high, failed to let in the half-moon's pearly rays, but a strategically placed iron lamp managed to shed some light. The courtyard's occupants were none other than Kadambo's esteemed guests. Vandyatevan had seen these men, kings, lords and officials of the empire, at the banquet barely hours ago. Obviously, they had foregathered this late to discuss matters of great importance. Alvar Kadian was probably doing his best to eavesdrop on their conversation. His position was strategically advantageous. The fort and palace walls met in such a way that he could see the gathering below and listen to their speech, but the reverse was not true. Ah, Alvar Kadian was clear indeed, no doubt about it. But he had reckoned without the prince of Vallam, the valiant Vandyatevan. No one could palm their clever tricks off him, least of all this stout scoundrel. He would catch the wily Nambi by the scruff of his neck, stop him from spying on people, march him straight to his horse and... But how? He would have to jump into the courtyard and walk across it to get to Alvar Kadian. And he could hardly do so without attracting the attention of the warriors gathered. God knew there were dangers enough in attempting that. Sambuvaraya's morose words, I see no reason for your friend's arrival today, echoed in his ears. These men, these pillars that upheld Choranada in every way, were keen on discussing gravely important matters of state. That they wished to do so in secret was obvious from their location. His sudden arrival in their midst would rouse all their worst suspicions. It would be impossible to explain his real motives. Alvar Kadian would be long gone by then. He, Vandyatevan, would be chastised as the spy, the one to suffer the ignominy of an interrogation. And in truth, what possible answer could he give should they ask him about his nocturnal wanderings? There would be only one possible outcome. Kandamaran would be put to the blush. 
Ah, there he was, seated at the periphery of the crowd. He too seemed to be a part of this discussion. No matter, Pandit Devan would ask him all about it in the morning. His attention wandered at that moment to a closed palanquin that sat towards one side. Ah, wasn't this the one that had followed Parvet Terrier on his way to Kadampur? The lady within, the one who had pulled aside the screen with her silken, golden hands, where was she in this sprawling palace? Hadn't Kandamaran mentioned that the old man didn't even dare leave her in the Andapuram? Ha! Huh, such was the case when men married so late in life. And it was a thousand times worse when the bride happened to be ravishingly beautiful. Men such as Paduvetarir were reduced to the pathetic state of dragging their wives along wherever they went. So tortured were they by wild suspicion and doubts. Now, here was this grand old warrior reduced to the disgrace of being hopelessly infatuated by a pretty young woman. He was little better than a slave to her beauty. And she was no Radhi, Menagai or the celestial Rambai at any rate. Vandyatevan hadn't forgotten his revulsion when he'd caught sight of her. God knew what the great Paduvetarir saw in this supposed beauty. Even worse was Alvar Kadyan's fascination with her. Why else would he eavesdrop so desperately on this gathering, if not for the palanquin's presence? But then, who knew what their relationship was to each other? Perhaps they were siblings or lovers? Had Padve Tarir perhaps taken her by force? He was certainly capable of such cavalier treatment. If so, that would explain Alvar Kadyan's preoccupation with the lady. Possibly he was seeking an opportunity to speak with her. Huh, what did any of this matter? Sleep beckoned. There was nothing to be gained by poking his nose into affairs that did not concern him. Just as the young man decided that his bed looked more inviting by the moment, a stray word from the conversation below reached him. Someone had mentioned his name. Vandyatevan paused and listened to the speech with all his ears. The young man who arrived today claiming to be your son's friend. Where has he been quartered? It is of the utmost importance that not a whisper of our conversation tonight reaches him. Remember, his master is the Madandanayagar of the Northern Chora forces. The last thing we need is for word of our plans to leak. Should any of us suspect that boy of the slightest knowledge of our meeting, make sure that he does not leave this fort. In fact, it would be better if he silenced once and for all. Our readers may well imagine Vandyatevan's sentiments upon this speech. He decided then and there that he was going nowhere and settled down to listen to the rest. Aditya Karigalar happened to be the commander-in-chief of the Northern Chora forces, the first-born of King Sundara Chora and heir apparent to the empire. What was their objection to Vandyatevan serving under him and what were they discussing that the crown prince could not know of at any cost? Uh, Vandyatevan is fast asleep in the balcony above stairs, Kandamaran's voice floated up to him, defending his friend. Not a word of our conversation is bound to reach him. He's, he isn't the kind that pokes his nose into business that doesn't concern him anyway. Even if he should get wind of our meeting somehow, I'll make sure that he doesn't prove a hindrance to our plans. You may rest easy. He's my responsibility. Such faith in your friend Kandamara. Touching indeed. 
For your sake, I am glad of it. We know nothing of him after all. These warnings are necessary. We are about to speak on a supremely confidential subject, one that will decide the fate of this very empire. Our purpose in gathering here is to discuss the succession of the Chora throne. Remember, the slightest whisper of our meeting would end in disastrous consequences for all of us, warned Parvetarir. Hidden Meanings and Explanations Balipedam A slab of rounded stone, sometimes carved around the sides and placed in front of the sanctum sanctorum of the temple. Originally intended for sacrifices in times long gone, the practice was discontinued. These days it is used more for offerings or rice. <laughs>